0: Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Lionsgate Podcast with Sadi and Omni. I'm Omni. And I'm Sadi. And today is our season finale of season one, and we're going to be talking all about healing. Now, usually we do questions of the week, but in honor of our season finale, Sadi going to be sharing a very personal story that involves trauma, healing, and a miracle. I'm actually really honored she's going to be sharing this with us. But next season... We'll be uh, continuing the questions and write-in stories. So if you have any of those, go ahead and hit us up on our email. That's Omni at gmail.com, S-A-H-D-I-A-N-D-O-M-N-I at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page for our podcast called Lionsgate Podcast with Saudi and Omni. And then if we have any references on here or any ingredients or, or whatnot that we talk about that we want to list, we'll probably do a TikTok about it. So hit us up on there. It's under Saudi and Omni. After Saudi shares her story with us, we will be talking about tools to raise your vibration and things she has done to and researched and some things I have used on my end, candles, crystals, plants, and herbs. Before Saudi gets started with her story, I do want to give a trigger warning for TBI, which is traumatic brain injury. This story involves a child, which can be obviously very uh, triggering to some people. And it involves some graphic wording. So now that we got that out of the way, Saudi, this is about your grandbaby, right? Right. Okay. So... Can you walk me through the day? Yes.
1: Um, So the day started off like any normal day. My daughter had just recently gotten a new apartment um, with her best friend at the time. And um, even though we didn't live together anymore, she still called me three or four times a day. So I woke up from a phone call from her. Um, She was giving the kids a bath and I could hear them playing in the background and running around the house and having fun. And she said she was about to take them to the pool. Mm -hmm. and um she had this weird little bump on her arm and so i told her take a picture of it and send it to me right and she told me she loved me and she hung up the phone
0: you guys are extremely close right we really
1: are and so um on my end of it um i just kept looking at my phone like every few minutes like where is this picture and about 10-15 minutes went by and um i got a call from a private number. And I don't usually answer private numbers, but something inside of me just told me to. And I answered it on the first ring. And it was an officer um, asking me if I was Sophia's grandmother. And I told him yes. And he was like, um, <clears throat> I need you to get to her house right now as fast as you can. And I know officers aren't really supposed to say that mm-hmm. um, because it did throw me into a, a, a panic. Um, and he said, um, "And I said, what happened? He said, Sophia had an accident. Um, she's being taken to the hospital right now, but I need you to get here because Cairo's here. And he couldn't go with his mother.
0: Okay. So Sophia is what age at this time?
1: Sophia was three years old. Okay. And Cairo's just a year older. He was four.
0: That's her brother. Her brother. Just to be clear for, for people listening
1: my grandchildren yeah
0: your babies. so my
1: babies and so i immediately was just like is she okay and he's like ma'am i just need you to get here Mm -hmm. so of course i was hysterical you know um i was just wearing a t-shirt and underwear no shoes it was uh, july 1st it was hot outside and i ran out of the house screaming that sophia was hurt um to my husband and um it was about a seven-minute drive to their house, and I made it there in probably two minutes. I mean, oh I was taking corners at 75 miles an hour and, you know, just like crying, and mm-hmm. I was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got there, they had blocked off the entire road, and there was a um, a life flight helicopter flying above me, and there was probably... I don't know, 40, 50 police officers and first responders and fire trucks and ambulances just everywhere. And they had the entire street blocked off. Um, So I couldn't get through to get to the apartment. So I just put my car in park in the middle of the road and I started running and it was like in a movie, you know, um, where they're like, no ma'am, you can't come down here. And I'm like, I'm her grandma, (laughs) you know? And um, so they let me through and I got there and I, um i grabbed cairo immediately and um i asked the first officer that i saw i was like is she okay and he's like i have no idea if she's okay or not they're doing the best they can she's en route to the hospital now and i was like can you tell me anything and he's like she was non-responsive at the scene and i was like what does that mean i was like did she die and he's like she was non-responsive at the scene so immediately my mind went to the worst that she died yeah um she had fallen out of the second story window
0: why wouldn't it go there
1: right and so um so in the meantime we can backtrack a little bit to what actually happened Mm -hmm. in between me talking to her and the accident happening, mm. um, her and her best friend, um, who also had a four-year-old daughter, um, just moved into a new townhouse together. And the living room was downstairs, and then upstairs with both both of their bedrooms and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And the kids would all play and run into each other's rooms, and it was a very safe place for the kids to be. Right. Um, it was baby-proof, and we had gone and checked the windows and made sure that the air conditioner you know two people pushed on it to make sure that there was no way the air conditioner could fall out and cause any accidents so right. the windows and them being on top floor was an issue when they moved in there and we took safety precautions um what we didn't know was that her roommate um it was a hot day and she decided to pull her bed in front of the window which it wasn't usually in front of the window and um open the window put the fan in it and get a little sun before she went to work so then i guess she realized that she was late for work threw on her clothes and ran out of the house just shut her bedroom door and my daughter didn't know this at the time Mm -hmm. so she was getting the kids bathing suits together um when sophia fell she fell naked because she had just gotten out of the bath so it happened within a blink of an eye
0: was she jumping on the bed?
1: They Both the kids were jumping on the bed. Yeah. <clears throat> and she could hear them in there playing, and which was a normal thing. It was an right. everyday thing. They always did that. She did not know that the window was open or the bed had been moved in front of the door. Right. Um, and Cairo came running in. He's like, Mommy, Sophia fell. Oh. And her heart just dropped. And she instantly knew that it was from the window. Um. So she grabbed her phone and ran down the stairs and started giving her CPR um while she was on the phone with 911 and um she told me that it took forever for 911 to answer to um and she was just like crying and screaming for anybody to help her and nobody came outside so it was just her and my grandson there um dealing with this for quite a few minutes before
0: how scary for him too
1: right well he had made a comment <clears throat> a few days later that mommy cried so hard that God heard her oh or God. cried so loud that God heard her
0: oh how heartbreaking pretty
1: traumatic he he saw her fall um yeah and so um finally my daughter just kept giving cpr until the paramedics got there and then they took over um so at that point um, i made it to the hospital Mm -hmm. and i walked in and i saw sophia completely naked laying on a cold slab with wires and needles and tubes all over her body and she looked lifeless um they told me that she was in a coma and um she she wasn't expected to make it over the next 24 hours and me being a mom like the first thing i wanted to do was cover her up and pick her up and hold her and wrap a blanket around her and you know give her her you know comfort and i wasn't allowed to do that because when you have a serious brain injury you cannot um you can't get hot you have to stay cold That's because right. the temperature could kill you a seizure could kill you um anything pretty much your blood pressure even going up a little bit could kill you yeah um so we were there for probably about five hours before the doctors um pulled us all in a room the whole family at that point was at the hospital and they told us that <clears throat> Her skull broke into four pieces from the middle of her forehead into the back of her um, back of her skull, and then it broke from temple to temple, so it was in four separate pieces and then she also um, they said that her spinal cord had gone through her brainstem, meaning that she would be completely paralyzed from the neck down, even if she survived mm-hmm. um, so of course. <sighs> Listening to all of that, and the doctor was clear that it was a very slim chance that she would make it through the night. Um, The first 48 hours are the most critical, but even if she did make it through that, she'd never walk again. Um, She was on a breathing machine. She would maybe never breathe on her own again, Um, and she'd probably never talk again because she had such intense brain damage and swelling and bleeding on her brain um so they were just trying to keep her alive i remember uh standing up in front of my family and asking if she's never going to be able to walk or talk or breathe or laugh or dance or you know be sophia like why are we doing this to her why are we torturing her and making her suffer you know and the doctor said something that stuck with me to this day He was like, because there's still hope. It's a very minimal amount, but there's still hope. And we're not going to give up on her yet. So don't give up on her. And I was like, okay. And I held on to that the entire time.
0: Yeah. That's a doctor that's doing it for the right reasons.
1: And it was really touch and go. Um, it wasn't taking it hour to hour. It was taking it second to second with her. Um, and there was quite a few times within this five day period that we thought we were going to lose her. Um, and I won't get into the details of that, but it was pretty traumatic.
0: How did your daughter react in this time? Because I can only imagine I know being a mother myself, and i and I just want to put it out there anything this could happen to anybody, and if if you haven't had any accident that's like a close call as a parent, you are very lucky. I quick like mm-hmm. interlude my youngest biological daughter when she was a newborn she was 2 weeks old and i just started picking shifts back up at work and um, she ended up like pu- like her, her dad called me and was like um she's puking and she's choking on her puke it's really weird and i took her into the hospital and i'm like look this is my third kid i'm not i'm 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 yeah i'm not new i'm not a hover parent and the, they didn't even do a hill stick which was protocol and the doctor's like, just change her nipple on her bottle, and walked out. And I took her forty five minutes to the next county over, and they did a heel stick on her, and her sodium was so far off the charts. They said if I had waited any longer, she would have died. They did a they did a lumbar puncture on a two week old, and I was so numb I couldn't cry, and I think that it got the nurses thinking that because I couldn't cry, that maybe I had postpartum and had done something to her. But I was just numb, and I just. Remember, it was like a whole week she was in the ICU and she ended up having like seizures and stuff. And um, I finally broke down and then they met my other two kids. And but the feeling that the nurses and I get it, I under, I can understand. They they didn't know what was going on at the time. I ended up figuring out that my son had dumped popcorn salt in her formula because he thought he was helping cook because I was trying to involve him because he's I had three kids three years in a row. and. When you're a mom, especially a mom at multiples, like anything like that can happen. So just, but the feelings that those nurses put me through on top of the trauma of feeling helpless and having your child go through possibly dying right in front of you, there is no other feeling of torture than that, in my opinion. And so I can only imagine what your daughter went through. And my heart goes out to her a thousand times over because I know she's a great mother. I know she lives for her babies. And so anyway, sorry, not to rant and not to not to step on your story because it is a powerful one. But I think that's important for all the listeners to really know and to process.
1: Um, During that time, my daughter never left Sophia's side. There was a cot in the room and we would we would ask her to go lay down and just stretch her back for a minute and she refused she just sat and everybody knows hospital chairs are uncomfortable as fuck um she didn't get up from that chair she refused water she refused food um she didn't eat for five days um she would not leave sophia's side um and what she didn't know is there was a lot of people because it had already gone viral it was all over the news and um all over the internet and stuff like that and um people were saying some really hurtful things um because they didn't know the whole story or what happened And you know you hear a three-year-old falling out of a window and the first thing you think is where were the parents
0: right
1: well she was getting her bathing suit
0: yeah it's a second it takes a second right
1: and so um Uh, They finally gave her her feeding tube because my daughter said that she wouldn't drink or eat until her daughter could drink or eat. And um, the nurses were really concerned about her. They almost admitted her. And they finally had to tell her, like, if you don't eat or drink something, we're going to take you away from Sophia downstairs and we're going to admit you Mm -hmm. separately. Um, So they finally were able to give Sophia a feeding tube, and Deja took her first bite of food on that day. Um, There was even um, a death threat to her. Um, I guess um, some—you've got to be kidding me! Somebody actually made it into the hospital and almost made it through the um, ICU doors, dressed as a preacher. And he was not a preacher. Um, He had saw the story on the news, and he was a. he was crazy and um you know people would say things like you know maybe she should be thrown out of a window and you know things like that and he almost got through because we did have um ministers and priests and you know we were pretty much in the mindset of like any positive vibes any prayers any, yeah. anything that you can do to help her like i welcome that mm-hmm. and so he almost made it through but he had all intent of harming
0: her What stopped? How did he get caught? The
1: security caught him.
0: Because he didn't recognize him?
1: He didn't recognize him. I'm not sure what they, what, if they had seen him before or what it was, but they pulled me in private and we didn't even let her know um, right Uh away that that happened. She was already, you know.
0: Yeah, she's being tortured.
1: So she was not in the mindset at all to hear anything like that. So we ended up having to stop all contact, anybody coming in. So it was only allowed to be me or, um, Really close family right. to come in. We had to stop all.
0: That's sad that we live in. SSI. Yeah, it was terrifying. You yeah. know, it was
1: like my, my granddaughter was dying, and you know, just struggling for her life. And my daughter was, I was watching my daughter lose a part of herself, mm-hmm. and and then somebody was trying to hurt her.
0: Yeah, you know, over what right something they didn't understand so uh
1: i wasn't on my phone very often but i did get on facebook and i made a post about sophia and you know just keeping family and friends that you know updated on what her situation was and every day it was pretty much the same thing um she wasn't getting any better and um i can't remember how it came about but somebody told me about this healer and he's a blu-ray light worker healer and that he had helped people come out of comas before and she gave me his name and asked me to send him a message on facebook and i was thinking to myself at first i'm like okay like this healer is gonna you know this is she's in critical condition right like she's never gonna walk or talk or breathe on her own again i don't know what this healer can do for her but i'm gonna reach out anyway like something inside of me was just like, reach out to him. Yeah. Um, his name was, um, is uh, Mujin Choi. It's spelled M-U-J-I-N-C-H-O-I. Um, I reached out to him, sent him a picture of her, and just told him a little bit what was going on with her. And within 45 minutes, he called me and um, like instantly got back to me. And he made me feel at peace and he made me feel calm. And he told me what to do. So I put the phone up to her ear and he started doing um, therapy with her, healing with her over the phone.
0: So was he like saying words or like affirmations or? Couldn't
1: really hear anything. I could hear breathing. I could hear, uh, it wasn't affirmations or tone. There was no words to it at all. I could just Mm -hmm. hear like breathing and different sounds that he was making Mm -hmm. um but mostly i had the phone to her ear (laughs) because it was like for her to hear um he called me that night and we did this therapy three times a day and on the second day when he was going over her, he said okay i'm working on her spine now i'm working on her brain i'm working on her chest and i could see and she was in a complete coma like paralyzed coma mm-hmm. and um i could see when he was say, i'm working on her chest i could see her skin start to move and it almost looked like a twitch underneath her skin oh, wow. and he'd say i'm working on her arm and i could see like a little twitch in her arm and i wasn't the only one seeing it my daughter was seeing it and my husband was seeing it. We we're just like what in the
0: fuck is yeah. going
1: on like her body shouldn't be able to move like that because she was completely still like completely lifeless
0: right and she was supposed to be paralyzed from the neck down right down, yeah right?
1: they okay. uh, they told us from the initial mri when she went in that the spinal cord punctured the brain stem mm-hmm. and that there's no coming back from that right um so um yeah at that point and so he every single day three times a day he would call and do these healing uh therapies with her and on the third day so this is probably eight days into sophia being in the hospital um i finally convinced my daughter to go home with cairo that she has another child and he needs his mom and i was the one that was taking care of him during that time i would him to the hospital first thing in the morning we would spend the whole day there and i would take him home at night and we'd sleep and then do the same thing over and over and um i was like i promise i won't lay down i'll hold her hand i won't move just take cairo home and go cuddle with him tonight he needs his mom yeah and so reluctantly she did and that was probably one of the second worst nights in my life the first night was her having the accident and the second time was um that night like on the eighth night um she went home and around one o'clock in the morning sophia's vitals started spiking her blood pressure was going up and down just like crazy her body was starting to like tremble and like um it almost looked like shock waves going like all over her body, twitches in her face, and the doctors could not figure out what was wrong with her. They gave, they thought she might be in pain, so they were giving her the most pain medicine they could possibly give her. They were giving her medicine for her blood pressure, and one of the nurses told me, um, "I think you need to call your daughter because this is probably the end for her." Mm um and i was like god damn it. i sent my daughter home and the one night she leaves her side she's gonna die yeah and i was i wanted to make that phone call but then i was like i don't want to make the phone call like i had every faith in the world that she was gonna pull through it right. um, but it was really scary for me and i remember just like crying and praying and just begging sophia please baby like stay with grandma don't leave us yet and this went on for hours um finally everything calmed down and they got uh, she went under control and they were like we don't know what happened it was just sometimes when they're in a coma head injuries like we don't know and so i woke up in the morning i didn't even go to sleep i was like half asleep in the chair and i got a phone call from mu and he was like good morning how was last night how was sophia and I started crying. I was like, it was the worst night ever. Like, I thought she was going to die. And he's like, okay, well, explain to me what happened. And I did. And he goes, no, it was a good thing. He's like, last night, me and other light workers from around the world came together, and we were giving her healing energy oh, around that same time. I have goosebumps. And he's like, and the doctors didn't know what was wrong. And I was like, no. He's like, of course they didn't know what was wrong. How could they know that she's being sent um, healing from lightworkers workers?" Um, including myself like all over we all came together to help sophia
0: how many i don't
1: even know oh my he said all over different parts of the world so i don't know how many of his light worker friends that he called in to help with that um so that was a relief and he's like no she's gonna be doing better oh and I was thinking to myself, okay, <laughs> all right, we'll we'll see if she's going to be doing better. Um, my daughter got to the hospital a few hours later, and I was I was every day I would rub Sophia's legs and her feet and give her like little massages, and you know, because she'd just been laying in that bed. And um, I was like, okay. And I always talked to her like she could hear me. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, Sophia, give me your foot, baby. And I saw her toe twitch on the foot. That I was about to oh. massage. And I was like, and I looked at our mom and I was like, look, she just moved. And so she was holding her hand. She's like, so feel close mommy's hand. Like, I'm right here. And she felt like a little tiny pulse on her mm-hmm. hand. And she was like, Mom, oh my God, she's doing it. She can hear us like she's listening to commands. And of course the nurse didn't believe it. She's like, uh, that's muscle memory. Um, that's not really happening because she's paralyzed. And um, when the neurologist mm. um, came into the room, I was like, I have to show you this. She's responding to what we're asking her to do. And uh, at this point, she's still on a breathing machine. She's, she can't even breathe on her own. Right. And um she came in and she couldn't believe it either at first until she witnessed it. And she was she was just shocked. She yeah. was like, I do not know how this is possible.' Uh. But this is a miracle.
0: Did you tell her about the light workers?
1: Did. I told her that I had light workers working that light workers were working on her last night, and um, maybe that was part of it. And she kind of smiled about that. right. But there was a look in her eye of maybe like you know, it was the hospital. it was yeah. we had her at the best hospital that we could possibly have her in in Oregon, and a team of amazing doctors mm-hmm. that were working on her every second 24 hours a day and then we had Mujin working on her three times a day as well Mm -hmm. and so i think it was like a combination of all of it and all the prayers and i mean we had people all over the world praying for sophia Mm -hmm. she her little picture and her uh, story went viral um so yeah i still have people that that hit me up and like how is sophia doing (laughs) um So, yeah, um, but he continued to work with her every single day. And within days um, of that night, of that healing, um, Sophia was able to... um, get taken off of the breathing machine and breathe on her own. And it was crazy too because the doctors were all ready to give her a tracheotomy cuz mm-hmm. they're like if we pull this out we can't put it back in. So yeah. if we pull the tube out and she can't breathe on her own, she's going to have a tracheotomy and that's there for life. Yeah. And so we were prepared for that. They took the tube out, she was breathing perfectly fine oh on God. her own and everybody's just like in amazement yeah. of this little girl of how yeah. well she's doing. Um that The day they took the tube out, um, my daughter was able to hold her for the first time in like 10, 12 days. And she got to cuddle up in the chair with her and just hold her and rock her. Um, so it was a beautiful, you know, moment. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, she was allowed to go out in a little wagon out in the sun and feel sun on her face for the first time. And even though she couldn't open her eyes and she couldn't move very much. Um,
0: Why couldn't she open her eyes?
1: Well, her eyes, we didn't know at the time because we're all waiting on her. When you're in a coma, the first thing you think of is we want you to open your eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, That was the last thing that Sophia did because um, her eyelids were paralyzed. So she couldn't. (laughs) she couldn't open her eyes um but she was able to hear us and um listen to us and move her legs and arms and stuff like that
0: so she was awake but she just couldn't open her eyes
1: She was at this point awake okay. um but we didn't realize how awake she really was because she couldn't open her eyes um and then um so anyway she went outside and she was able to feel the sun on her face and my daughter handed her a ball like a little plastic ball And she held it in her hands and, you know, my daughter took her hands over the ball and held it. And she threw the ball. (gasps) She threw the ball. This is not even two weeks after being in a coma. She's throwing a ball outside, (laughs) right? And then um, within hours of her throwing the ball, my daughter just kept doing it over and over. And we have video of it, her just getting the ball and throwing it and then later uh that day she was clapping her hands oh. and we say yay sophia and she'd clap her hands and stuff like that um and she was still really bruised up um she had bruises on her face and around her head for probably seven eight months oh my um but she was able to move be moved out of the icu and back downstairs and she was able to take a bath. Ugh. And uh, they did an MRI on her, and they were like, We don't really, we can't really explain. Maybe it was the swelling around her spinal cord that appeared that her spinal uh, cord had punctured her brain stem, but it's intact. Ugh. And so there's a possibility that they were wrong. Yeah. There's also a possibility that she was healed. Yeah. And either way, I'm just so thankful that it, that wasn't the case. Right. Um. They also said that she would probably never just be the same Sophia. And of course she has. She's had to get a few eye surgeries and she's a little off balance sometimes and stuff like that. But she is eight years old right now and she is just amazing. The most beautiful person. She has lots of friends. She does well in school. Um, It was a lot, you know, a lot to go through because then she got to come home. And she had to relearn how to use the bathroom oh. and relearn how to walk and talk. She was actually walking before she could open her eyes. What? So she had her. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first word that she said was "mama." Oh. Uh, her and my daughter were laying in bed together on her like second day home from the hospital, and she just said "mama." It was her first word. Her words were very slow at mm-hmm. first. She couldn't talk really fast, but she picked it up right away.
0: That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: And then she went to rehab. And she ended up staying in rehab for quite a while.
0: I've, have you talked to uh, Mujin Benson? Um
1: Yeah, he continued to work with her the entire time that she was in treatment. Um, every day he would call and they would do um, a therapy session. Um, I just talked to him the other day and he's like, how are her eyes doing? You know, let's, <laughs> let's work on her eyes because it's still a little bit of a problem. She, has, uh, she can't look down. Oh, okay. So if her head is straight, she her eyes won't look down, okay. um, and it's part of being paralyzed. Um,
0: so just her eyes are paralyzed.
1: Yeah, it's like her eyelids. So that's pretty much um, the only thing that's wrong with her. Oh my she, gosh. And she's so loving and okay. just such a. She's an empath for sure.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: She can feel the energy of people around her.
0: I know from doing my own research with Blu-ray Star Seeds that. They say when they use that that blue energy to heal, that it'll be with you forever, right?
1: Yeah, that's what he has um, said, that they'll always be with Sophia.
0: Yeah. Um, and so it cuts, it makes sense she'd be in bed.
1: <laughs> crazy, because I didn't even really know that he was a blue-white gray healer or anything like that when he was doing this therapy. I knew he was a healer. I didn't mm-hmm. know what type. And there was one night when I was um, meditating and I saw all, and I was. It was about Sophia because there's a lot of you know healing that goes through um, with a traumatic incident like this. Um, but I saw these blue beams of light just coming at me, like in rows, like hundreds of them, mm-hmm. and they were all protecting Sophia. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. She's so. I, I want to say lucky. I mean, she is lucky, but I think blessed is a better term. You know, more fitting. I guess first, I want to say thank you for sharing that story. Because I think it takes a lot of courage for one, um, because I think, you know, sharing something like this is pretty vulnerable, but it also helps other people get through their trauma and start their healing process. Because I know we're going to talk about like some things you did moving forward. We were talking in one of the first episodes about how I saw spirits out of my the corner of my eyes, they were always blue. And you're like, well, maybe you're a Blu-ray um, starseed or something like that. And I was like, what is that? I'm going to look them up. <laughs> and I, I wanted to start out because I've heard of the terms uh, starseeds before, but I've never really looked too far into them. So I wanted to start with the definition. We went to I went to Urban Dictionary just because There's like a ton of definitions on there. I just kind of picked two. So Starseed, Starseed is a person who is spiritually aware, having a strong connection to the divine creator. Starseeds are said to be old souls that are sent back to Earth to transform the world into the heaven on Earth predicted after the end of times such persons may display spiritual gifts of clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, being able to read minds, other emotions, and see future events. That one um, seemed interesting to me, but that didn't really resonate as much as this next one, um, and what I've kind of understood to be starseeds anyways. Um, This one says, a person who, while human in appearance, is actually a human ET hybrid who has a mission on Earth to help raise the vibration of the planet by raising human consciousness. There are star Seeds within origins from many star systems, such as Sirius, Orion, which is my son's name, uh, Vega, etc. Most star seeds have psychic and or healing gifts. So that's what I've always understood is that not necessarily that they're high- No, that they're they are hybrids, not that they're just like impersonating humans, but that they were born into the human. You know, we talk about abductions and, and and UFOs, or I don't know. I I'm I think that stuff is interesting since I was little, but what's the purpose of So, you know, all these appearances of women becoming pregnant and stuff, if it's a star seed, you were seated here, you're born, and then it becomes generational. A lot of times that that resonated with me more. I know there's a lot of different ones. It's funny because my son's name is Orion. So there's one that's called Orion, which is knowledge seekers, which fits him to a T. Andromedan, which I've heard of that one before. They're like childlike freedom, not like childish, not they're innocent. They're just like, I don't like puppy dogs. You know, like oh, I just want to be free, and they're like they lift the energy of the room. Right. I'm gonna butcher this. Um, Arcturian, they are born leaders. Sirius, which is the blue, that's where the blue ray. Um, beans are from and their purpose is to elevate the human race through healing is what it said online. So, and I, I did you talk to him about his, the reason why he's, he does healings and stuff. I haven't
1: really gotten into detail with him.
0: With Mujin? Yeah. Yeah. What's the other one? Pleadians, And I've heard of this one. They're also known as the seven sisters. And I really want to do more research and maybe we'll circle back to an episode on star seeds because there's 25 different ones. So what I would do is go through and see what resonates with you. Um, there's a lot of information out there. Yeah, I was looking through the Blu-ray beans because Sadie said, "Well, maybe you're a star seed from the Blu-ray beans." And um, there's a lot of stuff that resonates with me. <laughs> they like water. You know, I'm a big water person, so I thought that was pretty interesting. But they really heal through through sound and through vibrations. And we've talked about that before in the uh, just me and you not on on any episode, I don't think, but like about sound healing.
1: Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of experience with that because I use frequency and vibration a lot in my healing um, techniques. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the ones that I really like to do are sound baths. And so if you don't know what a sound bath is, it is a um, it's basically a bath for your energy. It's like placing harmonic vibration and frequency on your physical body and the energy field around the body to cleanse it Mm -hmm. of fear and anxiety and low vibrational energies. And it's kind of like you give your energy a bath.
0: Right. I'm super sensitive to that's another thing of Blu-ray star seed not to get back off, but, um, is sounding, is sounds like sounds are, and I'm really sensitive to sounds. And we were talking about going to uh, a sound bath and I was like, what is that? Okay. So
1: (laughs) in my experience, um, you go to a big, um, like auditorium or Mm -hmm. a big room and you bring like a blanket and a pillow or a yoga mat or something like that. And, um, there's people there that have all different kinds of instruments like crystal singing bowls tuning forks gongs drums sometimes you'll go to one and they'll have like a didgeridoo as well um, <laughs> I <love that> <laughs> of, um, like chimes and harps and pan flutes and bells and it just depends on which one you go to but the main thing that they always have um is the crystal singing bowls
0: yes, and um usually you
1: go through a little meditation with um other people in the room And it's being guided by a few people. Um, And then you lay down and you get comfortable and close your eyes. And they come by and they just bathe you in all these beautiful um, frequencies and tones. And it usually runs about an hour. And then you come gently come out of it. Um, my husband actually said that he had a out of body experience during one before he physically felt his energy leave his body and be cleansed and then come back, um, it, which is something that he doesn't usually um, tap into.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm real sensitive to sound, and for some reason the singing bowls always they always calm me. I always talk about uh, my ADHD. They always center my brain. Um, I know one time my partner was, you know, he has some back problems. I had him lay down and I put the singing bowl healing on um, YouTube and I just started focusing on healing him and rubbing him down. And like I've given him back massages before, but this was different. And he when he was done, he was like, how did you know where I was hurting? And I was like, I was just Focusing you were on yours happening. You. Yeah, I was so and yeah, I
1: felt in the, the healing frequency. Yeah. And that's another thing is uh healing frequencies can also like help you with chronic pain and pain mm-hmm. as well as emotional pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good for both. Yeah. And I heard that like a cat's purr
0: oh yeah so i
1: had a frequency that can heal bones
0: see i didn't know that i just know like they're i always say like my black cat is my dream travel kitty and that like helps me travel through the dream world and then my gray kitty if you look at her tiktok he's on one of them now <laughs> i was in the middle of doing a tiktok and i was like here he is big reveal um that he's a empath because he doesn't like people picking up too much, but I really think that he purrs and he gets on you when you know, he, you need him. Like, I think it's too many emotions. That's how I, felt yeah, I have about a cat it. like
1: that too. It's just like a comfort kitty. Like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a cat's purr is, um, anywhere between 25 and 150 Hertz. And that's the same frequency that's been proven by science. Um, it heals bones and joints and tendons and wounds even it's
0: crazy i just knew like they were emotionally healing i didn't know they were actually physically healing yeah dude and cats can smell terminal illness too
1: Mm -hmm. but like the good thing about going to like sound baths is um if you're new to the community and you don't have a lot of spiritual friends it is a great place to meet like-minded people because everybody's there for healing everybody's in the spiritual vibration and so you know a lot of people are just getting into spirituality um and they don't their old friends just aren't resonating with them anymore so it's a really good place and these people are super open and really nice yeah um you know come a few minutes early and socialize and leave a little bit late um if you're looking to meet friends in the community that's a great place to start
0: I never even thought about that. Yeah, because or if you if you if you're not comfortable with talking to people, I don't I think you could just go there and do your thing and be in that energy. I am a social butterfly, so I, of course, would want to, right. want to talk and, and to, to everybody. And
1: everybody is really respectful to yeah. everybody's going to bombard you with that. And there's a lot of places you can um, go to that do private sound bath healings as well. So they'll come to your house or you go to them. And they'll do a private mm-hmm. healing for you. That might get a little pricey, though.
0: Yeah, these are the big ones with people are like they want donations. Usually and-
1: donations anywhere between like 10 and 40 bucks. Yeah, usually Which in my
0: experience. Not bad for what, what they're yeah. offering. That's amazing.
1: And I'm sure if you didn't have a lot of money, and you're like, hey, I'll help clean up after mm-hmm. we have 20 bucks or something like, right. You know, these are very open minded, positive people. Yeah,
0: they're there for the healing and to help. Okay, so me and Saudi made a pact that um, in between season one and season two, we're going to take a little time off and recharge, and we're going to do a sound bath together. And then what else are we doing? The def- sensory yeah. deprivation. <laughs> we supposed to say deprivation. That's right, though. Yeah, it is. I always think of sleep deprivation because <laughs> I, uh, I did a speech on that in college. Honestly, I just looked said sleep deprivation like 24 times and got a B. <laughs>
1: uh sensory yes so you're in a, a bath of water that's set at your body temperature mm-hmm. so you lose sight of what your body is like you yeah. lose sight of your body um or the feelings of your body yeah and then um you can't see so you lose your sight and you can't hear so you lose your hearing and so it deprives you of your senses and throws you instantly into meditation you're gonna love it
0: i can't wait especially since water's a conduit for for everybody, but for me, I, I, I've really come to really love that. So I'm excited about that.
1: Right. But if you, you know, if you can't afford to go do a sound bath um, and singing bowls are super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um I don't even have one yet but it's on my wish list yeah um you can also just go online Mm -hmm. and find people doing singing bowls you'll put your headphones on turn the volume up and you'll get the same effect from that right from your home for free right there's also i know i'm going to say this word wrong binaural binaural beats um it's spelled b-i-n-a-u-r-a-l beats b-e-a-t-s and what that is um, you have to use headphones when you listen to this and it'll put one tone in your left ear and another tone in your right ear and it'll cause a reaction within your brain um, for certain frequencies so for instance um <clears throat> 396 hertz It's really good for anxiety and guilt and fear and negative thoughts and grief and then there's other frequencies like 417 for instance and it's to help work through trauma clearing destructive thoughts of past events and it helps with change within yourself so each frequency so has a different
0: if, Sorry, not to cut no, you it's off. Okay. if you plug this into like google or youtube it that sound is available for for free, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. I I can't wait to fucking try it. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Sorry, no, it's okay. I know the <laughs> one that you want to do. The one that you want to do was the... Well, there's 528. I listen mm-hmm. to 528 all the time. Mm-hmm. They call it the... It's for miracles and transformation. And it really is directly associated with your heart chakra. So um, I work with that tone quite a bit. It's the frequency of love, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, and then the one that you wanted um, to try was the one that you can meet your higher self with
0: yes because we talk about yes. that and you talk about when you're meeting with your when you when you get in contact because you have a, you're in constant contact with your higher self how it's tuning into a frequency and then when you said there was a frequency to meet with your higher self i was like hell yeah so, um, it's
1: 963 hertz by the way okay yep, yep. so you wanted to check into you it, it and, and then leg. there's other frequencies <laughs> that are for directly um related to pain so mm-hmm. there's the 174 hertz that's specifically for physical pain Mm -hmm. so play around with the frequencies tap into like um what it is that you need and try it
0: yeah because there's also um we're talking about tools to lift your vibration but there's also frequencies that um can make you scared or anxious um i know when I, i know this sounds crazy and i we might have touched base on this before but when i listen to country if country comes on it instantly uh makes me sad it just hits the cords hit my brain and a lot of, not all techno music, but a lot of techno music gives me anxiety. And I think it's the frequency.
1: It could be the frequency. Yeah. And
0: before I knew about these, I used to, I I preach this. Like I just knew it in my bones mm-hmm. and people look at me like I'm crazy, which is well, fine. Well, now there's
1: confirmation. You, yeah. I mean, you are crazy. I am yeah. crazy.
0: <laughs> I'm <a> fine. <laughs> but crazy. you were right
1: on point with that. <laughs> because, yeah. And, you know, different things that might me- make me happy mm-hmm. might because we're different people and you're resonating at a different frequency than i am Mm -hmm. and so something that you know could make you happy might not make me happy same with tones
0: right like how i i don't know like chocolate i don't know you gotta there's some people not you but like some people i hope you like chocolate right i do i okay. like chocolate some people like chocolate, chocolate and they're the oh that's right you do make chocolate it's how makes the best chocolates Thank you. <laughs> some people don't like chocolates they're crazy but mm-hmm. um not the fun kind like me um
1: <laughs> no hate. Uh, hey, don't throw hate yeah i know <laughs> it's no okay hey if you don't here. like chocolate
0: <laughs> it's okay i guess more for me <laughs> Okay. So we're, I want to talk about plants because of course I always like incorporate plants. I just ended up repotting all my plants in the house. So I'm on cloud nine, but there are plants that you can have in your room to help release stress Uh, snake plants it releases um oxygen at night they're really kind of special that way i mean they release oxygen all the time but they are in hyperdrive at night so they're nocturnal which is really cool because if you're sleeping and you're a snorer like half the people me included um a snake plant might be good by your bed because it gives you that extra dose of oxygen that you're already needing Um, Pothos is a huge air purifier. You have more healthy air, uh, more oxygen in your environment, less toxins in your body. You're going to be mentally healthier. An orchid is a is scientifically proven to be a stress reliever, and it increases healing, which is huge. I didn't know that about them. I think they're they're bad for cats, though. I think that's be careful with your cats and plants. Just know your stuff. I will say, fun fact. will bite the tips of my aloe vera plants to get to trip balls because in small doses it makes them trip so little ravers anyways um <laughs> gardenia gardenia i always say this wrong it's a sleep inducer and it relieves anxiety g-a-r-d-e-n-i-a i always say that wrong so a, a peace lily which is toxic to animals and english ivy it removes mold from the air Um, didn't know that. So if you have anything that's moldy, like fruit, I have a fruit bowl, sometimes moldy. When you touch that fruit, it goes throughout your, your air and that messes with your sinuses. It can make you sick. The Boston fern actually removes toxins from the air, which I thought. What is it? A Boston fern, a fern. (laughs) Well, I mean, here in Oregon, we have ferns everywhere. This is a set of Boston fern. I haven't looked further into it, but I will. And what does it do? It removes. It removes toxins from the air. I mean, you get a breath of fresh air out in Oregon, like everything's green. It You feel, I just always feel like this place is magical. And I don't know if it's the plants, but it's beautiful too. So, and then aloe vera also releases uh, lots of oxygen, which is amazing because we need it.
1: Oh, another way to raise your vibration is mm-hmm. through the food that you eat.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you think about it, everything in the universe has a frequency. Mm-hmm including the food that you eat Mm -hmm. right and um that's why they say you know try to eat healthy it'll make you feel better and i know for me um when i've gone on a strict like juice diet for a few days and i'm eating fresh vegetables and fresh fruit and nuts and seeds and things like that i feel amazing Mm -hmm. um i just don't have the (laughs) the uh, willpower to maintain That for long periods of time, but when I do it, I I do feel good, and there's a scientific reason behind that because fruits and vegetables have a vibration. Um, But if you put a fruit and or a vegetable into a can, it instantly kills the vibration on that. I found that out.
0: Gross.
1: (laughs) Well, they get gross, but you're still getting the nutritional value, and you're still getting the calories. You're just not getting the vibration from them. Mm -hmm. So the highest vibrational food would be anything that's still alive, so fresh produce
0: that makes sense right
1: and then you're eating that and you're putting that vibration into your body yeah um another good one is seeds and nuts like hazelnut coconut almond olives even um sunflower seeds and herbs and spices
0: right well think about all the pictures of like goddesses and stuff and they're always pictured with like for i mean i they're not going to have like taco bell next to them but I <laughs> Right. But I mean, I'm a goddess and I have Taco Bell next to me sometimes. But no, these goddesses, the depictions of them in books and on on like Egyptian walls, and they always have like that fresh fruit next to them. And there's probably a purpose for that. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. They're their highest self that makes complete sense so what are some foods with the highest vibration
1: like i said it would probably well, the highest vibration actually is essential oils those frequencies start anywhere between like 52 hertz and as high as like 320 hertz
0: do that make sense because well,
1: if you think about it um a healthy human body vibrates at about 62 to 80 hertz Mm -hmm. and then um human colds and flu started about 60 hertz so once you get down to like 60 hertz you're really susceptible to get sick all the time Mm -hmm. um and then disease actual disease starts at 58 hertz and then you're more receptive to cancer at 42 hertz oh wow and then death starts at 25 dang Mm -hmm.
0: you still have a vibration when you die no
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's you know death begins yeah at 25 hertz um so if you think about it raising your vibration is not just a a thing that we're saying in the spiritual community nowadays i mean spiritual healing and vibrations have been going on for centuries thousands of years right and been practiced and the food that we eat does matter
0: i was i was looking up because i was like dude i want to know my vibration like Mm -hmm. am i am i gonna get sick like what the hell And they are, it is scientifically proven, which is amazing because that's magic. It's scientifically proven now because I was looking up, like, how do you find out your frequency? And they, like, there's a machine for it. And I was reading out loud. I was like, oh, cool. I want one of those. Yeah. Where do I go for that?
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's not just the food that you eat. That is a big part of it. But I mean, we're, most of us here in America, and we, I mean, there might be people in India and other places that are listening, um, but most of us, you know, there's fast food available, there's DoorDash, you can just order any, you know, to-go food at, you know, touch of your fingertips. So, and it's okay to not eat healthy all the time. I'm not saying you have to be like vegan, strict, you know fruits and vegetables right all the time but you should make that at least 80 to 90 percent of your diet Mm -hmm. and then if you want to have like a splurge day that's fine yeah but it's not only about the food that you eat it's your actual vibration like what you're putting out into the universe so doing things like the sound bath and um And raising your vibration in other ways, just being more loving and caring and compassionate raises your vibration as well. well.
0: Yeah. If you're feeling low and you're like, man, I'm feeling really low and I have been drinking a lot. I mean, everybody likes to go have a drink every once in a while, but if you're drinking a lot and you're feeling really depressed, Mm -hmm. first of all, alcohol as a bartender, this is me (laughs) saying alcohol is a depressant, so that doesn't help. But also lowers your vibration so think about doing that not juice cleanse but like cleaning your body out go a long period of time without the out and
1: there's so many forms of detox like your body could be resonating at a healthy level but you eat junk food every day and it's Mm -hmm. because you're doing different things you know you're not watching the news and you're not you know gossiping and you're not being um in a low vibrational mindset Mm -hmm. and that can increase your physical vibration
0: or surrounding yourself by energy vampires, which you know are people that just steal your energy, and and being around them and ha- letting them drain you, you got to protect your energy, and then you can be in a healing place. Especially if you're already in a low vibration from you know maybe mental health or maybe a trauma, mm-hmm. um, it's important to protect yourself from energy vampires and do the detox and stay away these are yeah Yeah. these
1: are just like so many different ways that you can heal and that you can raise your vibration it's not Mm -hmm. just one set way
0: yeah
1: um you know and it's really hard when you're people that suffer from depression and anxiety and things like that what they'll do and i know i've Done this mm-hmm. before because I have struggled with depression as well. Where once my vibration gets so low, I'm craving fast food. Yep. I'm craving the friends that suck my energy because they're going to relate with me. They're down there in the ditches too, yeah. and so I'll call them to come over and comfort me, <laughs> you know, or just right. talk to me. And so it's because my vibration is so low. Yep. And I'm craving unhealthy people. I'm craving unhealthy experiences i want to go to the bar and have a drink Mm -hmm. drink alcohol eat fast food right binge watch netflix and those are all of the things that that is going to continue to keep you in that that low vibrational energy Mm -hmm. and that's where depression and anxiety and these these emotions come forth
0: i i know when i'm feeling low i'll i'll scroll face facebook oh yeah that's another one forever and i i I literally have the word in my head it's a compulsion because I'm a sucker for my phone. I'm on my phone a lot. And I get I get that. I acknowledge that. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, if I just put my phone down and let it charge, it feels like I'm missing an arm. But you need to unplug. Right. Like, you, you just do sometimes.
1: I just want to make it clear that it's okay, like, um, to have those moments where you can't get out of bed. And you just, you, you yeah. feel down. But we want to give you some tools that you can keep in the back of your mind.
0: So you don't stay there
1: so you don't stay there
0: yeah exactly i always say that it's okay to be sad mm-hmm. it's not okay to stay there oh, two three weird.
1: days tops like yeah. pushing. three
0: days like that's yeah, it on. like you go need to get up bath. go
1: get some plants yeah <laughs> put your headphones on listen awesome. to some <laughs> listen yeah. to some frequencies meditate yeah. um just going outside you know try to catch the sunset oh, yeah you know try to catch the sunrise if you can't catch that like mm-hmm check out the moon look at the stars you know know. like get yourself out of the house and into nature because that is nature is a gift Mm -hmm. you know and it's it will automatically make you feel better
0: i know when i was repotting my plants i i was thinking about grounding because for me i i struggle with seasonal depression and a lot of that yes is the sun we live in the pacific northwest but I think a bigger part of that is not being able to ground with Mother Earth and the circadian heartbeat. You think of like giving birth and that skin-to-skin contact and how that saves the baby's life. Well, think about it. You're not connecting with Mother Earth. You're not connecting with that heartbeat because you're bundled up and you're cold. And you don't want to go outside and put your feet in the grass or walk the beach when it's cold. And I get that. But it's important if you're feeling down, to maybe just go walk through the woods and go outside and touch a damn tree. They call them tree huggers for a reason. You touch that tree, you're connecting. You're and if grounding. you're crippled
1: with the overwhelming sensation of anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. just open your window. Yeah. Moon gaze, look at the stars. Yes. You know, open your window, get some fresh air. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes depression and mental illness and uh, mental health um, makes you feel like you can't
0: do anything. Your yeah. I think that's why I'm so big about indoor plants, because I'm just like, I have to have some of Mother Earth in here through the months that I can't necessarily go outside because I'm a baby about the cold. Let's be real. (laughs) I can't make it to the beach. It's cold.
1: And then we were also talking about like um, things that can raise your vibrations, but there's a lot of things that can also lower your Mm -hmm. vibrations, too. like. Like we were talking about binge watching Netflix. It's okay to watch Netflix. It's okay to have a a cheat day where you're just like, I'm going to eat snacks and watch TV. You know, that's fine. But continued and prolonged Mm -hmm. doing that, it's harmful for you and it's lowering lowering your vibration and can lead to depression.
0: I mean, I binge watch shows. A lot of times I'll binge watch shows so I can focus while I'm doing stuff. But then I'll catch myself like sitting on the couch, just watching when Netflix goes, are you still there? I'm like, don't judge me. (laughs)
1: you know and a lot of times too we'll have friends that we've known for years and they're just not healthy for us you know they don't they might not mean to be but um you know instead of you know calling to see how you are they'll call you and be like this is what's going on with me and you know what i mean and they'll just like steal your energy Mm -hmm. without asking permission Mm -hmm. you know and you need to really like if you struggle with low vibration anyway um you have to cut those people out. Yeah. Um, and if you have to be around those kind of people, you need to learn how to protect yourself spiritually. Yeah.
0: I will say as a bartender, um, I struggle with this a lot where I don't get a choice on whether or not people are going to sit at my bar and just unload. Say, unload on me. And and a lot of times it's fine because it's part That's of the so job. Cliche.
1: It is part of the yeah. job.
0: <laughs> it is part of the job because I do, I do love healing. I do love giving advice. That is me as a person. But there are days where I am tapped out and I have to clock in. It doesn't matter.
1: Right. So, you know, a lot of us are like that. You know, Mm -hmm. we're in the service industry or we just have to deal with people. And will be drained ourselves and not have much left to give and they steal our life force at that mm-hmm. point um so it's always good to protect yourself in mm-hmm. situations like that if you have to go to work or you have to be around a social circle of people who are low vibrational mm-hmm. and take your energy um
0: I know I always wear you obsidian, carry obsidian all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I just switched this out today and I'm wearing amethyst, but usually I always wear obsidian. And I think I got that straight from my spirit guides. Mm-hmm. They told me to get obsidian. I have, I have a couple Yeah,
1: wearing necklaces. crystals is yeah. like putting on armor. Yes. You can have it in rings and bracelets and um, necklaces are great because they protect your heart chakra. Mm-hmm. And so that's where people are speaking to you and their vibration is coming right at your face and right at your chest while they're talking to you because yes. that's usually where you feel it and then there's also uh jet mm-hmm. it's a really good crystal to use for protection um it kind of keeps your light heart um yeah. through the darkness like through the heaviness it keeps your heart light
0: we were just talking about that last last episode because i was like i've never even heard of jet
1: I- right I love-, I love jet and then there's a uh, black tourmaline too mm-hmm. and that soaks up negative energy it helps with anxiety and stress some people can wear it all the time high high impact energy people can like but yeah like you you would probably be good with that um me on the other hand i only use it i call it my xanax mm-hmm. because when i put it on it chills me out so much that i'll take a nap yeah <laughs> you know um, it's really good for anxiety <laughs> um it starts to work almost instantly for me but you also have to remember to program your That's crystals what, as yeah. well. So, like, say you have obsidian. Mm-hmm. Obsidian is a protective stone, but it also has like ten other things that it can be good for and mm-hmm. used for. So, if you're going to use obsidian or jet or black tourmaline or any crystal that you're using for protection specifically, mm-hmm. um, it's a good idea to program it. And what that means is um, you hold it in your hands and you tell it, meditate with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Speak to it of what you want it to do for you. And then every time you put that on, it will do that for you.
0: Yeah, I don't ever do that. And I will be practicing that Mm -hmm. now because, I mean, I have intent when I put on my obsidian, but I do not meditate on it. And I really should. You should. Because I like amethyst is my favorite stone, but there's a bunch of different things that it does.
1: Right. Like amethyst has so many yeah. different things that it can do. But if you can have 10 pieces of amethyst and program each one of them for something different. Mm-hmm. But every time you grab that one, it's specifically programmed to send that energy to you.
0: Right. Like one's, one's to open, like help me dream clearer. Mm-hmm. The other one is to uh, make my intuition higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, wear your crystals as um, shields.
0: Yeah, and I
1: program know. them.
0: Agate is a good one for healing. Let's see. There's a couple more. I'll just name off a few. Um, I'm reading out of my Chris, the Crystal Witch book, and it gives you. I, I like this one out of all my kind of crystal handbooks because it you can look up what you need, like the intention that you need it for. Because for me, I do have a lot of crystals, but I will come grab one when I need it for something. (laughs) Like I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm, I need a a clear quartz or I I need something for healing. And then I look up, okay, which ones are really good for healing again? And then I'm like, oh yeah, I got that. Okay. And then I go grab it off my altar. That's how I do it because I'm not a huge creator you know, I'm not a Chris, huge crystal witch, but I hate categorizing it that way. I think crystals are for everybody, mm-hmm. um, that they're a great tool to have. And I, I like doing this because I'm learning even more about them, like how to accept them and whatnot. And they're, I know crystals are huge in healing. So like Jasper's one, Calcite, Quartz. Rose three. Quartz
1: crystal is like one of the biggest yes. um, ones for healing.
0: Jasper, uh, Tourmaline, of course, green. Oh, shungite. I didn't know that. That one's good. Yeah, we well, it makes sense. We did before. talk. Well, I was like, yeah, we talked. Shungite
1: about it. is good for, um, I put it in my water. Yeah. Yeah. I clear out toxins.
0: Would- Duh. So, of course, it would be great for healing. Right. Yeah. You clear out
1: the toxins in your body and your energetic field. And of course, you're going to feel better, you know?
0: I was like, I know that one. We talked about it. Zebra stone. Oh, I have that. I didn't know what it was good for. <laughs> I haven't I haven't called on it yet. Okay, so that's just a couple we're going over for this episode. I think the last thing we're going to quickly kind of go over before we wrap up is candles. For me, I use candles in probably every ritual. If I'm feeling depressed, I tend to lean towards blue. Um if I'm feeling anxious, I lean towards lavender and white is for cleansing. Um if you're feeling depression and anxiety, you could use all three. That would be amazing. I always charge the candles with intent so you can hold the candle in your left hand, put your right hand over the top and speak your intent into the candle. So, you know, for the blue one, really think about your energy going into it. And and as it burns, it's burning away that depression. It's melting it. And the lavender, same thing, positive energy, getting charged into it as it's burning. That anxiety is going away. You're calming white you're charging that energy into, into the white and you're putting all the negative thoughts into that candle. When it burns, it melts it away. And that's just like a simple healing ritual you could do, you know, meditate on it. We talked about singing bowls. I usually, I like the singing bowls, but we you named off a, a couple different really cool auditory uh, therapeutic things that you can do for free online. Do you have anything else to add? I think
1: that about covers that
0: yeah that was a lot mm-hmm. that was a great last episode thank you so much for sharing your story that means i really do feel honored about that um but you guys stay stay tuned to season two because this is just the beginning thank you all for listening and make sure you remember to keep your minds open
1: namaste